timeless literature, theater, and cinema reverberate with tension. Without tension, art simply doesn't hold our interest because it doesn't resonate with the realities of everyday life. It's why the Hebrew Bible continues to serve as the core sacred text for billions of people around the globe. It's filled with fallible people struggling to find meaning and beauty in an imperfect, often unjust world. The Israelite people, ancestors of Abraham and Sarah, serve as a microcosm of humanity. Torah endures because we're invited to see ourselves in the biblical characters. There's no better illustration of that than in this week's Torah portion, Baha'alot Cha. We pick up the story as the Israelite community has moved on from Mount Sinai with the tablets of the commandment and portable sanctuary in tow. They have most of their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness in front of them before crossing the Jordan River to enter the promised land. The narrator tells us that Miriam and Aaron spoke against their brother Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married. The siblings in unison exclaim, he married a Cushite woman. So I ask, what stirs your curiosity? Ah, you might ask, isn't Moses already married? Good question. Yes, Moses married Zipporah, daughter of the Midianite priest Jethro, when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. And here is one of Torah's classic tensions. We, of course, care about the Jewish tribe, yet here we have Moses, our greatest prophet, who marries outside of the tribe. We don't know what happened to Zipporah. The text leaves that out. All we know this week is what we're told. Moses married a Cushite woman. And you might reasonably ask, what's the big deal about a Cushite woman? Well, perhaps Miriam and Aaron wished their brother would keep it within the Israelite family second time around. Or it may be something about Cushite women in general. After all, we don't know anything about this woman other than she is a Cushite. Don't know her name, don't know her personality, what she cares about, what Moses saw in her, what she saw in Moses. What we know about the Cushites in the ancient Mesopotamian world is that they came from Nubia or Ethiopia. In other words, they're black black-skinned women. So we know that Moses, again, the greatest of all Israelite prophets, married a black woman, an interfaith and interracial marriage. God overhears Miriam and Aaron's criticism of Moses and calls the three of them together, perhaps to create space for reconciliation between siblings. 
We don't know what's behind Miriam and Aaron's criticism, their anger towards Moses. What is it about this Cushite woman that caused them to rail against their brother? Maybe God can help facilitate the conversation. Instead, because of God's special one-of-a-kind relationship with Moses, God pulls Miriam and Aaron to the side and verbally lashes out against them. And then God singles out Miriam for punishment. Of course, we take note that there seems to be a culturally baked-in problem here. Women are either nameless, of lesser value, or women bear the brunt of punishment. Though the text tells us that it was both siblings that spoke against their brother, Aaron ultimately is not implicated at all, gets off scot-free. Miriam, on the other hand, is stricken with leprosy, snow-white scales covering her body. Miriam and Aaron erupted in anger against their brother Moses without any clear motivation other than the choice of his wife. The nameless Cushite woman, who was different, came from outside the Israelite community whose skin was black. Yet the more uncontrollable anger came from God. Perhaps God had a valid reason to be angry with Miriam and Aaron. But the question is, when faced with an injustice, when a people's behavior doesn't reflect the best of humanity, how do we handle it? Is God serving as a good role model here? There's some tension in that question. Perhaps Torah is questioning the behavior and judgment of God. What do you do with that tension? Well, here's what Torah does with that tension. The biblical narrator brings Moses into the story in a way never before and never again after. Just this one time saying, Ve'ha'ish Moshe, literally the man Moses. It seems to be redundant. Is it necessary to emphasize Moses is a man, a human being? Torah is beckoning us to ask questions. Don't run away from tension. Walk towards it. That's the essence of studying Torah and living Torah. What then does Moses, the human being, do? Now, keep in mind, Moses is the one that could have most reasonably devolved into smallness, considering himself the victim. Notice that Torah doesn't seem interested in his wife, the Cushite woman. She's the one who should feel marginalized, and we are not given a chance to hear her voice. So let me just say, this is ripe for you, anyone tonight, uh, to write a midrash. You can give her a name, give her a voice, bring us into her inner life. As readers, we don't have to shy away or be apologists for what's problematic in the text. Imperfections in Torah 
lie on the surface in plain sight. And back to the man Moses. God punished Miriam on Moses' behalf. How does Moses, the victim, choose to respond? It's actually quite remarkable. Moses sees Miriam suffering mightily from God's punishment and takes no solace in her pain. Moses wants to take her pain away. Vayizak Moshe el Adonai lemor, el na refana la. Moses cries out to God saying, please God, please heal her. Moses is comfortable holding the space of tension. God wrought a disease upon his sister, and Moses calls upon God to remove it. The first prayer of healing in Torah flows directly from the lips of Moses, crying out in pain for his sister, who had just publicly criticized him and his wife. The Israelites. The Israelites' exodus from 400 years of slavery in Egypt does not begin until Vayizaku, until they cried out. The greatest tension in Torah is the bold idea that God is in search of man. Our faith as Jews is to claim our own agency in the world. Yes, we cry out and pray to God for miracles, and at the same time, we don't passively wait. We find our strength as human beings to do what's in our power to bring healing to the world. This is beautifully brought to life in the response to Moses' prayer to bring healing to his sister. How does God respond to Moses' simple and heartfelt prayer? By increasing his punishment to Miriam, casting her out of the community. But it wasn't just God who heard Moses' prayer. The entire Israelite community hears the prayer and they respond with an act of peaceful protest and solidarity. As the text tells us, the people did not march on until Miriam was readmitted to the community. As it is with Torah and any piece of art that endures throughout the ages, we experience it through the lens of our lives and the state of our world. I've listened to the words of this Torah portion many times, but never heard it as I have this week. Maybe you also heard it different, differently tonight. Our communities are highly charged with tension. The pandemic of COVID-19 calls for us to isolate ourselves and cover our mouths with a mask. The pandemic of racism calls us to be in deeper relationship with the African-American community, ancestors of the Kushites, and people of, cover, of color. Keeping in mind that 15% of people of cover, of people of color, make up 
the Reform Jewish community. We are called to stand shoulder to shoulder and amplify our voice. It requires us to be in relationship with those who may actually be critical of us. So do we simply fold up our tents and walk away or find the strength to sit in a tension-filled space? Torah understands that's where the rubber meets the road. Just so happens that love your neighbor as yourself is pretty hard work. But here, Moses steps into the eye of the storm, opens his heart, and pours out El Na Rafana La. Yes, God hears our prayer, but most importantly, the people hear it, insisting that they are not going anywhere without Miriam. God sits back and smiles. Yes, the prayer is heard. No one reaches the promised land until all reach the promised land. In all the tension-filled messiness of living in the real world of diversity and difference, a glorious mixed multitude march hand in hand into the promised land. Elna Rafana Lanu. Please, God, heal us.